Ohana means family. Family and make it a podcast means nobody gets left behind. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, joined tonight by my co-host, over in Houston, Texas, we have Jeff Williams. Flash photography, I wouldn't. That alters homing signal, and that's not good. From across the pond, we have our amazing rotating Mickey Dude commentator, Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. And from Chicago, Illinois, we have our other equally amazing, awesome Mickey Dude rotating commentator, Tim Schweska. I need to inform you that I am now the property of 21st Century Fox, hence I am also the property of the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Can we start calling I, you Princess? I cannot wait for good X-Men movies, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> I'm a shareholder in Disney. Does that mean I own a piece of you as well? Disney owns Disney oh, owns everything. Oh, People don't know yet, but Disney owns Pluto now. You're a shareholder, okay. <laughs> You. I thought you one said, shit in the Disney Corporation. <laughs> I thought you said something else. Uh, thanks, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about Stephen. He's from the other uh, studio, so we can't understand him either. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I went to see Wreck-It Ralph two uh, on when was it Tuesday, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And just a bit with, with Merida with other princesses and. Uh, Nobody would understand them. I thought that was really, really funny. Steven, it was really good. I have been wanting to use that one for weeks now, <laughs> especially when I get messages from people saying, yeah, what was Steven saying? I can never understand him. <laughs> so it's always, you see me growing up in New York and working 20 years in a hotel dealing with accents, I, it doesn't phase uh, me yeah. at this point. But it was uh, it was funny. I had that issue with a friend of mine who came for New Year's, and he lives in uh, out in the middle of Amish country, Ohio. And people were talking to him with accents, and he couldn't figure out anything that they were saying. I'm like, seriously, man, come on. Let me tell you something. I work in the oil industry, and you know I've heard Scottish accents, but I, nothing holds a candle to the Cajun accent. I don't think I've hardest. ever experienced it. Yeah, that, I was. That's, oh that's yeah, really tough. When... Oh, if you, if that's yeah. If, if somebody thinks they can't understand a, a Scottish broke, oh good lord, yeah. Listen, listen to a Cajun sauced up. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brogue for for Scottish people too. Uh, yeah. Irish bro, that's Irish brogue. Scottish broke. Broke. Okay. Okay. Again, you learn something. You learn something new every day. I wasn't. I wasn't aware of that. I only thought it was. No. I, I only thought that was. Well, the similar word. Okay, so different word, also. But I. I just thought that that was something unique to the Irish. Okay. No, it's. Uh, it I, like this. At least for me, anyway. From what I've seen, is the, the Celts. The they just they speed up their language when uh, when they maybe when they've had a few. Uh, our language speeds up. With Cajuns, it basically sounds like an accordion being hit with a Zydeco record. 
Uh, <laughs> and it just goes faster and faster. I mean, it just, I don't want to do you know my name is, I don't want to say that my name. What did he just say? He just told you how to get to Hardee's. Uh, yeah. Excuse I, me, I, how I do you get to the art museum? Any, I apologize for any... <laughs> I apologize to any of our Cajun or Creole listeners. My apologies. Clarkush? Oh my God. Crab juice or Mountain Dew? Ugh. 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 Crab juice. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear you. Okay, the calculation. Sorry, I did not. I, I did not pick up your calculation. Very nice. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in a group chat with some friends, and and two of them are uh, French Canadian. I'm saying something, and they're like, "Dave, you should just say it in French." And I respond, "Le grill. What the hell is that?" I was going to say, just, I mean, or of course, you can always go with good old groundskeeper Willie's lessons on French, which is bonjour, you cheese eating uh, surrender monkeys. Okay, so that's going to get cut. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry, Dave. Actually, sorry, no, well, I'm going to have fun and leave Saturday that in. <laughs> All right, so with that said, let's yes. have a word from our sponsors. Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Gico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com joffreys coffee and tea a flavor for every disney memory who has the largest selections of dvc resale listings and is the number one dvc reseller in the world who has 90 percent of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees who has 95 years of combined disney vacation club experience and has been selling dvc since 1993 who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC Resale Market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC Resale Market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team. And now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVCResaleMarket.com. Pat's voice just glides through smoother than... A nice cup of Joffrey's Bananas Foster coffee on a warm winter, on a cold winter morning. So, what can you say? I mean, it's it's Pat. Pat is our Caucasian Barry White. And let's give some love to Pat. He's been uh, dealing with some things right now, so uh, I uh, miss and love you, miss Pat. Miss him very much, and can't wait for him to be come back to us. He will be coming back to us. Uh, he was a little bit concerned that well, he's like. If I come back now, people won't know my voice and everything. They won't be familiar with me anymore, so maybe I should just resign. And I'm like, yeah, we're not taking your resignation. You do what you got to do, and you come back to us. So, Pat, you're not off the hook. You're coming back. 
going to say Nope, because that we made it that easy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're not you're not getting rid of us that much, you know. We grow on yeah. you, yes, like a wart, but we still grow on you. <laughs> I was going to say, in in the words of a great French Canadian, near, far, wherever pats are, wherever pads are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I realize it. Yeah, for all of you who love grammar, choke on it, enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> And if you noticed, last week we didn't put out a show. Uh, the hustle and bustle of the holidays, it was just, you know, kind of just snuck up on all of us with everything else that was going on. And we just uh, had to uh, kind of just let the, the show fall by the wayside for one weekend because we had family obligations and the holidays were right at the beginning of the week. So we hope you understand and we hope you did enjoy the uh, re broadcasting or re-uploading, uh, whatever you want to call it, of uh, the Candlelight Processional that we did two years ago. It was one of my favorite things we did as a group. I know it was been done by other podcasts, and we kind of uh, uh, took the idea from them, but uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery with that. So we hope you did enjoy that because we always get compliments on that when it does when it does come out. So that's our little uh, Christmas tradition and a little gift to you guys in that way. So now that the holidays are behind us, um, before we start in on, on 2019, uh, we're going to do a little year in review of 2018. At the beginning of uh, 2018, uh, the Disney Parks blog published a uh, really interesting article called Reasons to Visit Walt Disney World in 2018. Some of them a little... Uh, promotions that I'm going to kind of skip but there were some major things in this and I figured we would talk about the major points of 2018 and anything else that pops into our minds uh, gentlemen does that seem uh, fair sure all right Let's go for so I'm gonna go through I'm going through this uh, I'm not gonna go through all 18 uh, because it's stuff like uh, they had some uh, last Jedi uh memorabilia at launch bay you know who cares stuff like that but um the first really major thing that happened was the uh, void open over in uh disney springs star wars well i guess maybe it opened 2017 but it was really popular in 2018 so star wars uh, secret of the empire at the void in disney springs uh, anybody experienced this yeah, we had to. We were fortunate enough to to do it last Christmas. Um, it was uh, when it came out. It was pretty amazing. Uh, inspired me enough to get my own VR <laughs> headset at home. But uh, it's unbelievable what potential they have with this format. Um, it's ironic that so it it involves basically scheduling a time like a movie and showing up with uh, up to a team of four people. If you don't have four people, you get assigned. Um, somebody to pair up with you, but they'll definitely make it a team of four total. Uh, but you know, you walk through, and it's it's a uh, choose your own adventure sort of uh, storyline. You are formatted. You actually walk through the the space. Uh, there's heat and water interactive uh, uh, zones. Uh, they may or may not go off depending on which um, kind of what what you 
what you do because supposedly there's some water uh, effects that we didn't set off. So, but anyway, there's there's a, a pretty cool component to it about like an escape room component in, in one room you go into. Uh, you have to kind of figure out a code, um, but there's just there's, there's just a so way much around potential. that one though, actually. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's yeah. a, but you know we won't spoil it, it for those. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is Wreck-It Ralph? Did Wreck-It Ralph replace it, or are they offering both now? They're offering both. Okay. Uh, we just got back from Disney and did the Wreck-It Ralph, which is amazing in its own right. You know what? Um, Could you talk about yeah. it since since we are talking about the void now? We might as well just cover it now. Yeah. The so the I I kind of summarize it to other people this way. Um, where the Empire, what is it, Escape from, what did you call it, the uh, Escape from the Empire, or I don't remember the name of it. Pull it back up off my Secrets phone. of the Empire, Secrets of the Empire. Um, it is more of a survival um, game. Uh, you were supposed to be kind of undercover uh, agents, um, kind of along the lines of, um, I guess, uh, the Star Wars movie, the Rogue One. But uh, whereas Wreck-It Ralph... Um, VR is a gamification of where all four of you are pretty much fighting for the most points uh, and you get live updates. You just lift your left arm up and there's no secret thing. It's just literally just kind of like if you've ever played Toy Story uh, Mania, it's just grab as many points as you can by shooting stuff. <laughs> uh, just straightforward. And but anyway, <laughs> you you walk room for room on that as well, and I don't if remember if you remember the um, R- Ralph versus the internet or R- Ralph breaks the internet has the uh, the little game that he goes into the uh, bunny versus rabbit mm-hmm. <laughs> game. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, yeah. They they rolled it out at the very I think if you waited till after the credits they actually included it, but a little Easter egg there, but. You're basically the whole game. You're shooting the bunnies and the rabbits. It's pretty. It's pretty hilarious. That is epic. Yeah. So um, anyway, no, it's it's a point based thing. Um, of all people, my oldest daughter is not even a gamer. End up winning. So, I'll, me and my wife are huge gamers, and we, you know, I think I came in last. So I mean, <laughs> it, anybody can can win apparently if you just you know do the right things and shoot the right stuff. So. Um, it doesn't take a extreme skill to 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 win, so just letting everybody know. Um, but it, it's it's a blast. It's unbelievable. The future of this is just so so uh, phenomenal. But ironically, about a year and a half ago, um, Iger uh, went to the you know, came out on one of the. Uh, speaking of being a <laughs> being a um, shareholder, he spoke to the shareholders and said they would never have VR in the theme parks. So I mean, it's funny that a CEO would put draw the line that hard into into this, and then this void come in and kind of it's technically not in a theme park, but it's it's such a hit. It's I don't, in the I don't fifth know how. Gate, they... So yes, it is. There you go. So I don't, I, you know, I don't have Chucky. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't imagine this. This has to be a pay experience, no matter what you do, because it's so slow setting it up. You have to fill out all these, you know. Um, uh, release forms and and just it's just a slow process. There's no way you could ever do this in a fast, meaning meaningful way. Uh, SeaWorld tried to do it with um, VR on the coaster, and they 
quickly realized they basically killed it off. It was just too too much for a, a main, mainstream uh, theme park. Yeah, you know what? Theme. I was at SeaWorld trying to do it, and all of a sudden my uh, visor went completely blank on it. Wow. So I basically did the entire roller coaster blindfolded. Oh dang! Yeah, which was kind so, of yeah. uh, which was kind of exhilarating too in some way. But uh... <laughs> that's an experience in its own, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Also a bit erotic, but that's another story for another time. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't. Did you say it was ironic. You said it was ironic, right? Yeah, ironic. I- yes, ironic. ironic. <laughs> yes, but um, I actually got to experience um, what was it? Uh, the void uh, three times this year, actually. So. Um, I kind of, same story with the Star Wars, but uh, kind of enjoyed it. Even though I know what's coming, I, it still never gets old to me. Uh, the first time I did it was with in January. Uh, I went down for Marathon Weekend. Uh, I did it with friends of the show, uh, Florence and Mike Porter, and uh, my buddy Tom Stowe. Uh, after that, uh, we went uh, to Disney, my father and I, in uh, June to experience Galactic Nights. I bought it for him for his birthday, and I figured before Galactic Nights, it would be great to just do the void, so it's kind of a nice uh, precursor to the evening, so did it then. And then the last time I ended up doing it on my own because uh, I was meeting the guys over at Three Sheets to the Mouse who were having uh, a sheet up over there, and they said it was going to be at uh, 5 o'clock, so I signed up for 5 o'clock, well, three sheets time, they were still out drinking, and they didn't show up to an hour later. So I ended up doing it on my own and then seeing them online later on. But you know what? I love the guys at Three Sheets, so uh, shout out to them. But I had to kind of arouse them about that at this point. So that's that. Next thing that's kind of comes to mind on, well, come, kind of jumps out at me on this little uh, Disney Parks blog is Disney's after hours events return first to the magic kingdom and then they expanded them into disney's hollywood studios and to uh disney's animal kingdom uh, about maybe a month ago on this so i will say that uh disney after hours is really expensive uh if you are coming with a uh, family of four i know some people have bigger families and everything but be prepared to pay a heavy sum. Uh, there are some advantages. So I would say that uh, I had somebody with me that never experienced Disney World before and never been to the Magic Kingdom. And what I did was uh, I used Disney After Hours. Instead of having this person buy a ticket that day, what I did was um, we kind of did a lot of the resort activities and then you were allowed to go in about three hours before the event uh, we were able to ride almost every ride in the park and it was a kind of a great introduction to the Magic Kingdom at that point They got, uh, she got to experience everything that um, everybody comes to, comes to expect at the Magic Kingdom it was kind of fast it was let's go, go, go but we got on everything with virtually no lines for that reason I would say if you are going to do one of these after hour events I would maybe skip that day and kind of save money on a ticket or something so plan around with that maybe if you're coming for a weekend or something they're having them on some weekend nights uh, when i was in uh 
Florida this past uh, Christmas vacation. They were offering them at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. I didn't like the offerings. It was just all of Toy Story Land, you know, Alien Swirl and Saucer, you know. Eh. I've rode Toy Story enough. That was kind of worth it for me. Slinky Dog Dash, I like it, but, you know, for Tower and just Rock and Roller Coaster, it just really didn't pull at my heartstrings enough to get it. Definitely for Magic Kingdom. I would definitely go for this for, for Animal Kingdom because, you know, you're going to get on Flight of Passage and you're probably going to get on more than once. Jeff, I know you've done After Hours events. Have any of you guys experienced them? Yeah, basically, um, <laughs> Disney After Hours is their, um, obviously, a way of uh, plussing an experience for people with a little more money to try to uh, get away from crowds. Uh, and it works, actually. Um, it works. It's a huge success. Uh I didn't do Hollywood Studios, like you said. There's just not enough offering, I, I don't think, to try to pull off. Um, it definitely was a toe in the water for when Galaxy's Edge opens. Um, I can guarantee you there's going to be some uh, special, hard-ticketed, kind of uh, specialty events like this. Um, How many folk and, are in it, Jeff, at a time? What's that? How many folk are in it at a time? Uh, yeah, yeah, not very many at all. It's very limited on... on uh, amount of people um, I've been to two at Magic Kingdom and there's not it's not a surprise to actually be in an entire land by yourself um, at times you so um, you know riding a whole ride with nobody else in the car I mean that that's very uh, common um, so yeah I mean this is if you kind of think of it in those terms uh, instead of spending money on maybe a dessert party um, maybe roll it into something like this and it, it's well worth your money especially for Magic Kingdom and, and when eventually when Galaxy's Edge comes in it'll it'll probably be worth it now there was um, some kind of uh, Epcot thing wasn't there I thought and the it, Epcot events were um, DVC events oh there was something that included booth, some of the uh, food and wine booths um, maybe that was the DVC thing I'm confusing with they also did a uh, a few of them called wind uh, wind down. Oh, okay. And it was kind of like a little after hours party that was about from it was like started after illuminations and went till about one o'clock in the morning. Okay. Ah, okay. And that included booths, I think. There were some booths included. It, so. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I, you can see that's you can tell this is the, the where we're headed in the future, um, but yeah, it, it's a financial. Uh, Justification you have to think about maybe if if you uh, don't have tickets or whatever it's really hard to justify if you have annual passes already but that's the only um, thing yes yeah I wouldn't go to these events just on my own like I said I wanted to help somebody experience Walt Disney World I did get uh, tickets at a discounted rate as an annual pass holder so I ended up going at this point but. Um, just as a regular annual pass holder, it's just not worth it for me to go to the mat, pay eighty nine dollars to go to the Magic Kingdom for three hours. I just I can't justify it on a regular basis. Is that all it was? Eighty nine dollars? That's a really good price. Well, that was Especially that was what you're going to be there. That was with the yourself, you know. That was with the annual pass discount. I think it was. Right. Yeah, I think it was something more. It was definitely more than that for. 
even if you're passing through, I mean, they're talking over $100 for a day pass anyway into the Magic Kingdom. So even taking that into consideration, say if it was $125, it still would be beneficial for you to do that for three hours and get everything done, rather than maybe they've been there all day and maybe only getting maybe 10, 12 rides done. True. And it's a better experience for you as well. You know, I just think, as you say, Jeff, walking through a land yourself. I've done that at Epcot when we did the, the Segway tour. And you're going through the, the bottom underneath Spaceship Earth to try and register. And you're the only one in the park. And it's fantastic. It's, a, it's an experience that is so good that you just feel as if you're the only one there. And don't get me wrong, everybody else is outside you know, queuing to get in, but as soon as you get through the gates and up through under Spaceship Earth, you, you're the only ones that are actually walking underneath that bit, and you feel as if you get a park to yourself. Yeah, I know some theme park photo bloggers that did that, uh, did the after hours just to take pictures with nobody in the in the scene. <laughs> yeah. Tim, let me ask you a question. Fire away. Alright, so, you have no children, it's, uh, you and your wife usually when you're traveling down there. For something like this now, it's a premium event and everything. Uh, would you and your wife maybe opt to do an event like after hours instead of maybe get a park ticket for that day? How, how would you approach this if you were taking a trip, not being an annual pass holder and it's just you and your wife? Uh, absolutely. I would absolutely uh, approach something like this rather than... Uh... I mean, in, instead of maybe getting, you know, a five-day park hopper, I would, you know, maybe take it down to a four-day and do this. Because there, most of the time, I mean, we'll drive down just because I love road trips. But also, if we even fly down, I also rent, we also rent a car. And because we like to visit kind of the surrounding areas, we've, we like to visit way more of Florida than just the Orlando Kissimmee's, you know, St. Cloud area. And... Absolutely. With something like this not starting until later on at night, that would leave it, you know, that would leave things open to where maybe take a small visit over to Gatorland or Which maybe pop down. Which is my favorite place in Orlando, oh. by the way. It is so overrated. Oh. I'm, oh, sorry. It, I'm it's... sorry, underrated. I underrated. know what you meant. I know what you meant, man. That's great. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but maybe pipe, uh, pop down to, uh, you know, the St. Pete, uh, Clearwater, Tampa area, visit a couple of the craft breweries I like down there, snag some stuff for, you know, you know, the guys back home to trade and share. Uh, it just, it, it leaves so much open. And then also, funny enough, and this will uh, this will definitely go into way more of my wife than, uh, than myself, and that is she loves hitting the secondhand stores around there. Because you would be surprised how much Disney and memorabilia, memorabilia, yeah, good lord, memorabilia we've walked out of there with. No kidding, sorry. Spit it out, Porky. Um, <laughs> but we have walked out with so much kind of Disney Anna, uh, you know, just stuff uh, like defunct park stuff, old like cast member exclusive stuff. Uh, she's just she always loves being able to hit those kind of little bargain shops and we've found so much cool stuff down there uh, I found a uh, I found an old Fab Five uh, tin lunchbox it was an original we found an old pinball machine like an, uh, an old uh, at-home pinball machine that we were able to pick up uh, 
just so many cool things. Uh, we even actually found in one place, we found the exact, uh, not the exact, but it was the same pattern bedspread from the Grand Floridian when we stayed for our honeymoon. Wow. wow. So we were able to get that for, we have, <laughs> because we have four bedrooms and there's only two of us, we actually have themed uh, themed guest rooms. And we have a themed Grand Floridian room, and we have a themed Animal Kingdom Lodge room. So nice. <laughs> we were able to actually find a Animal Kingdom bed, uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge bedspread there and a Grand Floridian. Wow. So, so do you put out the Disney soaps like my other friends do when uh, guests come? Oh, are you kidding? Of course. Awesome. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, I was I was very excited because I just went over to Bed Bath and Beyond a few days ago, uh, and found all of the Disney Christmas bath sets on sale. So I was able to buy up everything. So that way, next uh, next holiday season, when we have guests in the house, we can make it a complete Disney Christmas bathroom. I just I told have... you charge them the right price for it then. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, everything was fifty percent off. That's exactly yeah. why we bought it. Grand no... Floridian, you know. I... Oh, the oh, the you Grand Well, I mean, yeah, it's uh, well, we we charge people forty bucks to park in the driveway. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have uh, usually. Uh, I have half, half the year the kitchen's closed, and you have to go next door to Captain Cooks. You know, <laughs> which is your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, that's that's you know, <laughs> that's only fair to them. They've done that to people. They did it to us. We we're on our honeymoon. Yeah, well, it's it's your oh, neighbor. My. Like uh, Mary Poppins had the admiral next door. You have the captain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Except the captain really doesn't like to talk to me and looks at me weird whenever I'm out in the backyard throwing things. <laughs> See, I love the Dis- I love the Disney soaps ones. I have Disney Blackberry Bubble Bath, and uh, I use it on those days where I'm just uh, feeling bloated and not pretty and need some chocolate and all. Ah, <laughs> what the heck? See, those those are the days. You know, those are the days I usually uh, pour myself a glass of wine and yes, watch Mary Poppins while I'm in the tub. Yes. So. All right, so now that we've given you those uh, unneeded Horrifying visuals, images. <laughs> <laughs> let, us, um, let us move on. Uh, Disney Springs welcomed a whole bunch of uh, restaurants. Um, the Edison, Maria and Enzo's, Enzo's Hideaway, Wine Bar George, to name a few. I have done Maria and Enzo's. And I love the Edison. It's uh, kind of harkens back to the uh, Pleasure Island days. In that way, uh, I was really tempted to do the uh, Great Gatsby event, which was kind of expensive. I think it was $100, but I didn't have a zoot suit, so I kind of felt uh, I would be out of place. But it's one of my favorite uh books although i refer to it as the bay across the bay but that's another story for another time anybody been to any of these restaurants no but uh it's a good thing you didn't wear a zoot suit uh to a gatsby party kind of considering zoot suits came to be popular in the late 30s early 40s so probably would have been shot as a witch Uh, (laughs) i thought they were i thought they were something from the 20s uh of very early variations, but mostly it's uh, like like you'd, you'd see what uh, what you might see on Dapper Day. 
Okay, well, you know what? I have done Dapper Day, and I looked banging at that time. You know? Well, see, I mean, you could have you could have showed up, and you'd have been like, you know, the most totally shaggable guy there. You just missed out. See, way to go. Well, I uh, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone. Actually, uh, well, hey, no, hey, good, hey, uh -huh. good for you, attaboy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a totally one, different meaning over here. It really is. <laughs> one, uh, one thing that, uh, one thing I would like to add as far as some of the restaurants, um, we did try the polite pig. Uh, wow. When you walk into a restaurant and. A barbecue place. And you have a lot of visitors from the southeastern United States. You have a lot of visitors from Texas. You have a lot of visitors from the Midwest. Places that do really good barbecue. And they are trying to offer you a nice premium experience. And the best thing you get out of it are the sides. I, yeah, I, I, I will not be going back. You aren't uh, impressed with the beer selection? The beer selection was very nice. The beer selection was on point, and they're no frills. I mean, it's it's they don't they're not blowing the doors off of these amazing huge styles. But if you get a you know if you're getting a hoppy amber, you get a hoppy amber. If you're getting a lager, they're giving you a lager. If you're if you're ordering an Irish red, you get a, you get a red. The porter porter. I mean, it's they no the styles they have nailed. I mean, it's it's nothing blowing the doors off, but it's a good solid beer. You know, you're, you're gonna walk in getting what you ordered. The food, and that's and that's what kills me is they had, they had a really nice porter that would have paired extremely well with some really bold flavored meats, and everything they brought out was just dry. It was tasteless. I mean, I, 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 I tried the barbecue sauce later, but everything else I tried, I tried bef before I put any barbecue sauce on anything. I tried it dry. How was it with the barbecue sauce though? Eh, uh, lipstick on a pig. Not no pun intended. So I mean, this barbecue didn't lift your spirits. I, to me, to me, barbecue is an experience. You know, you you taste, you know, you taste the hard work that's been put into it. You know, you see those perfect smoke rings. You see the painstaking care that somebody went to it. You taste a great, you know, maybe vinegar sauce. You taste a great mustard-based sauce, a great dry rub, something that's been done properly, something that people have actually cared for. And, you know, really, they have been really proud to put on your plate. This is not that place. Uh, now, to not, now, the one thing I'll mention, the sides, fantastic. Their cauliflower, awesome. The Brussels sprouts, amazing. So, I mean, no, the sides were great. But that's the thing is, this, if you're in a barbecue place, the sides shouldn't be the best. Just like when you go to a Brazilian steakhouse, you shouldn't walk out saying, well, they had a banging salad bar. <laughs> exactly. Well... It's a shame at that point because uh, I really wanted to be able to say that the sauce that Mama makes just stays there forever. You dare to get it under your nails. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> you know, was there a pretty girl dancing to jug band music there? No, there was not. But That's a shame. <laughs> Maybe we got to go to Waterville for that. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Emmett puts out some way better stuff, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that said, Toy Story Land opened. 
meh. <laughs> I will say one thing about it. Uh, I do like Slinky Dog Dash. I thought it was going to uh, be a uh, child's coaster. It is a child's coaster, but you know what? You get some you get some uh, speed on it, and you get some height on it at that point, and you can actually see, see into uh, Galaxy's Edge. So I'm a fan of uh, Slinky Dog Dash. Alien Swirling Saucers, can't stand it. Hurt my neck. It's a cute <laughs> really? land. I like the yeah. pop tarts, but meh. It's cute, but though I do not like the trend they're going towards, and that is, I feel like they plan everything, they do everything, and then they're walking through after it's open, and the Imagineers look at each other and went, "That's what we forgot—the shade." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there yeah. are no cool spots through New Fantasyland through. I, I'm not liking this new trend. There used to be topiaries. There used to be greenery. You know, it didn't look like some concrete jungle. And I get it. You're trying to maximize your space. I understand that. But that was the beauty of, you know, that was that was the beauty of Disney versus somewhere else was you had beautiful landscape. You had shade. You had the park bench you could just sit on. You didn't have, oh, look, there's an extra four feet. Let's go ahead and throw up a hot dog cart there. And it just, Toy Story Land, well-themed, while very well-themed, just feels so tight and crammed. And we were there on a day when it wasn't all that crowded. So, I mean, and it still felt tight and crammed and just thrown together. I mean... You know, I was watching a video the day, and they were saying that a lot of the trees are, are still to be grown into it. But I mean, obviously, the amount of trees that they've got on site, or could actually buy and put it in, they could actually put in for the shade there. But I just say it's maximising space, isn't it? That's. I mean, I, I I feel like yes, maybe, but also, I mean, Pandora. Even even with the completely irrelevant theme that it's after at this point, is gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's top notch and shaded, <clears throat> and it's shaded. Yeah, I mean now, maybe I'm a little biased because right there, close to the entrance, is the Nomad Lounge and Tiffins, probably. But be that as it may, it is still very well shaded, very well themed. You actually have a little bit of landscape through going through there. You have, it's you. It, you don't feel cramped. You don't feel like if you're walking through, you have to squeeze your shoulders in as if you're walking through a tight space. Of uh, the other two lands make me feel claustrophobic. Not so much when it comes to uh, Pandora. We were um, <clears throat> we we ran through Toy Story Land um, a couple times last week. And uh, we were there, um, I've been there, I guess, during some peak times now, when it opened, and then now, um, it was kind of like, it was a repeat of opening day, uh, we were there, I think, uh, a couple days after Christmas, so it's peak time for sure, and um, it was chaotic, uh, we, we kind of fought our way through, uh, we had Slinky Dog um, Fast Passes, uh, fought our way through, and I'm leading. Keep in mind, I'm leading some people that has never been to Disney World ever. So um, here I am trudging along like I know what I'm doing, and 
I saw, th- I walked right by the standby line. Uh, clearly, the person, you know, way back in the towards entrance of Toy Story Land uh, had the little uh, sign that they hold up. And I'm like, oh, we're, we're going on past this. And we, you know, I walked, fight our way all the way to the front of the line. And there is absolutely no clear cut understanding of where the fast pass line is at this point. Now I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit because they had, it, it was so busy, they had to have um, traffic control, kind of like they do in Pandora, where they let stop the amount of people coming through and then let the, the other people pass through and then then continue on and let the standby line go through. So they had to kind of start and stop the lines. Well, there was no fast pass line. It was crazy. Um, so at that point, I'm, I'm thinking, oh crap, I did we just, did I just missed the fast pass line so i retracted my my steps thinking I, okay the fast pass line is probably way back here and i didn't see it no it just turned out it was just chaos and the cast members kind of dropped the ball on this one there was there was no clear-cut uh fast pass queue so the friends of ours actually sorted it out with the cast member ironically and then i came back and just we just hopped in the line but um so yeah i mean there's still some learning curves going on um, what you said, uh, Tim, about the n- not knowing about the heat and all that good stuff—it's obvious to me. This the, a lot of us have complained about this, but it's obvious that uh, California Imagineers are designing these these uh, lands. And the scary part is, we're getting ready to get dumped an exact duplicate of a land <laughs> that was designed for California called Galaxy's Edge. And we're getting a photocopy of that. So are we going to get screwed again and, and not have uh, shade and all that things that Florida needs? I, don't, I have no idea. But I was, you know, what I've been told is it's a photocopy of it. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> so well, I don't know. We'll see. And to be fair, and the one thing I definitely want to make sure to come across is I, you know, that's that's just how I feel. I know other people feel differently about it. And I understand that. And also, the one thing I do understand is Disney also has to fight. Just, they have to fight tooth and nail with these people who show up year after year and they lose their minds if they even change tile in a bathroom. So, I, I get it when, you know, if maybe it's one of those they're just trying to maximize things, maximize an experience just to distract people. It, you know, I mean, if they, if they, I feel like if they went up, went about marching to the beat of their own drum in Florida, people would lose their minds, which is a shame because Walt loved that, Walt loved that area because they had the luxury of space. That's where, if you would think, if they would really get experimental, they would get experimental there because yeah. they have so much room. They've got, they almost have a blank slate. In right. every direction where you can work and do, you know, just do countless amazing things. And then you look at parks overseas in the Far East where they have the exact opposite and they are doing so much cooler stuff. And it just makes you want to beat your head against a wall. <laughs> right. It's because of these people who are, how come Horizons isn't still open? Bring back <laughs> Cranium Command. Why don't it's would you shut up change happens yeah <laughs> i mean these are True. people who i'm willing to bet may actually kick their dog if figment was taken out of a ride i mean <laughs> there are some there are some weird people there's some weird disney files out there who are just 
I don't want to see anything changed. Well, they haven't changed the monorails in God knows how long. How's that make you feel? I think that's to the point, though. I mean, you're saying there they've got that much land that they can actually do these things. A lot of these rides probably could stay there and then they just build on the outside of it, especially in, in Disney World. You know, the, the amount of land they've got. I mean, you're saying they're feeling a wee bit claustrophobic in the, the Toy Story area. There must be other bits of land behind there, that that they could have used uh, or put it in another area, you know, that there was more land to be sort of utilised so they could actually make it a bigger land rather than just what it is. Yeah, I mean, let's put it, let's uh, use, you know, I, I know we're beating up on Toy Story Land. Um, I've had a lot of amazing uh, time there this year, uh, especially at night. It's just, it's really nice. But um, what I think my number one beef about the whole space was a walk-up window food off, uh, food place. Um, I, I, for some reason, I had the impression we were going to get a sit-down uh, counter service location. Uh, especially with it being so crowded, you'd think that would be like perfect, right? So people, a uh, place to kick back and, and wait while their families are, you know, hitting the, the rides and whatnot. Uh, but I know the they, they had they a space restriction. Yeah, well, it ended up being that way anyway. So I've never been able to sit down comfortably, and it's usually standing up uh, at that food location because everybody is using just planting uh, at all the, uh, the picnic tables. Um but I just, I, the, a part of me with the budget cuts and, and you think about how they're planning this stuff and I just got a feeling um, that was just the last, the last thing on their mind was, was a space that they had to air condition and, and uh, you know, take up a big chunk of room. Um, but anyway, that, that, I digress. Um, they had the opportunity, I think, uh, especially if you, if you think about where uh, uh Buzz, uh, Buzz and Woody were meeting across the uh, Pixar place. I don't know if you think about that in, in your head. Uh, there's definitely some space there. They probably could have made a restaurant, and maybe they are. Maybe they will make that into kind of a see, some kind of that's Pixar my issue restaurant. now with it. Buzz, Jesse, Woody—they're all meeting outside. There's no yeah. shade. I cringe. Right. Yeah, definitely. Good point. Maybe maybe they'll bring it back. Uh, no, because we already were told it's going to be Incredibles. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Well, in I'll other news, um, Flights of Wonder was uh, changed to Up, a great bird adventure. Meh, not worth it. Don't see it. I love Russell. I love Doug, but... The old version of this show was so much better than this one now. I really have nothing else to say about it. Any of you want to comment on this piece of garbage? (laughs) They never should have touched it, plain and simple. I agree. I mean, now after is... I mean, of course, I just rant about someone, you know, about everyone yelling about change. And then what do I do? I yell about change. But, so, yeah... Uh, engage hypocrisy uh but this one didn't need this one didn't need it you didn't need to touch this it was it was great because it was a nice educational program they talked to you about you know the animals they explained things and they still were able to work in a little bit of vaudeville shtick in there and it was fun it kept people engaged it kept people entertained 
like you know, like you said, Dave, it was a very fun, informative show, and it, it didn't need messed with. And yeah, I I love Doug. I love Russell. You know, it Doug is one of my favorite, one of my favorite newer characters. I mean, I'm a dog person, and you have Doug being the ever classic distracted dog. He's what's not to love about him, and even he can't polish up that turd. I just, I just feel like it's just like so unthemed. Like, all right, now because you're in among the poor, you're supposed to be in the middle of India and everything. You know, uh, I kind of feel like if Russell was just kind of wandering around there on his own. Have you ever seen Slumdog Millionaire? <laughs> yeah, that's what would be happening. We won't even talk about what happened. What would happen to Doug? But uh, with that, let's. Uh, take a little move on so i do want to talk about food right now because um one thing is uh caribbean beach went through an extensive renovation and created a a new restaurant the one that was there beforehand i forgot even the name of it but of shutters and i shutters i shudder to think about the food at shutters i did go there once but it Uh, was you, you clever man yes yes i am but uh, they have been uh, reimagined, and now the uh, restaurant there is called Sebastian's Beef, Beast, Sebastian's Bistro. I have not yet experienced this place, but I have a local friend who actually went last night and was sending me pictures of it, and the food looked delicious. He had a crab cake that looked, looked delicious, and what he was really uh, raving about is. I'm not going to call it a bread service like they have at Sunab, but they have these pull they have these like pull apart crescent rolls that come with a bunch of uh, various uh, different like chutney uh, sauces and everything that you can put on top of them. And he said they were light, buttery, flaky, and he was just uh, his whole meal he was uh, raving about. But he said the uh, the bread appetizer really was something special. So I'm kind of looking forward to eating here. I just thought it was a wee bit ironic again. Been called Sebastian's and he's eating a crab cake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't... You know what? That is kind of messed up. They Maybe they should have called it Tematolas. <laughs> you know, kind of bling it out. Yep. Which, by the way, that is such a great song. It's like one of the best Disney songs ever. It's so Bowie-esque and everything. (laughs) One thing I did see is uh, the menu does look fantastic. Uh, Looking over it, this is definitely something I would like to think about on my next visit because I am a sucker for good Caribbean food, good Jamaican food, and they have goat curry on their menu, which really has me intrigued. They have so goat they have curry a few, on uh, there. Holy yes, cow. they do. I see that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they have. They actually have quite a few uh, authentic uh, Jamaican dishes off. I'm I'm very curious to see what their take on uh, you know on the you know, on the cuisine is. Um, it's and also you know I haven't been so why why not try something new why go someplace that I've been fourteen times already? Too bad Kyle wasn't on this show because where Kyle's from, a good night involves a goat. <laughs> <laughs> <Good boy. laughs> Ouch! Uh, sorry. 
This coming, you know, this coming from a guy whose city holds a New Year's celebration where they have to hire extra people to clean up human waste off the street from Times Square because people can't walk to a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of room to talk. <laughs> I just had a bust on that. <laughs> oh, um, man. You know what they say. Hey, never mind. <laughs> Alrighty. Moving <laughs> uh, <laughs> <living> on. <laughs> yeah. With that said, now we're yes. going to get into the uh, holidays um, over at Walt Disney World. And we're going to start with the fall. And um, we're going to talk about some plussing to attractions for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Uh, you had the Mad Tea Party, which turned into the Mad Acid Trip with a whole bunch of strobe lights and uh, weird lighting on it, which uh, was actually kind of fun. You had a pitch black Space Mountain, which I wish they always did because that was really uh, exhilarating. And they added walk-along characters, face characters, to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. We got to search for Gunpowder Pete. Anybody have any uh, thing to say on this? The, we were fortunate enough to get a uh, it, things aligned perfectly, and we were um, we headed down to Disney for a last minute trip for uh, and we grabbed a uh, not so scary party ticket. Um, to experience these new things, um, the the gunpowder Pete thing feels like a a nice beginning <laughs> of a of some potential there. Um, it was kind of odd and um, a little bit, I guess, off putting. But uh, they did have the uh, people in the queue interacting with you, which was. Uh, as with any street streetmosphere characters, it's all going to be it's going to be hit and miss depending on the uh, particular um, uh, streetmosphere people. Um, they were pretty cool. Um, the the weird part was the if you YouTube it, you can see the Gunpowder Pete thing. Uh, he's literally on a bridge, a walk bridge ab- above you. Uh, you can kind of barely hear him. About the time you you realize he's talking to us, you're already past him. So. Uh, it's kind of, uh, like I said, it's, it has potential, but they need to kind of uh, probably work on on having maybe even stopping the boats. I don't know how they could do that, but a little bit more time interaction with the the characters. But anyway, it, it, it's something something different. Um, I did do the the other thing. I the, like you said, the psychedelic uh, uh, teacups was kind of bizarre it's a little bit of disco discotheque feel to it but i i think the big secret um sleeper hit for all of us uh that went with me was the blackout of space mountain i loved it and i have i have no idea why they don't do this every freaking day it was so good i mean what we were talking about earlier you know uh when you said you, you feel like you were blindfolded riding uh, the coaster um, and you know uh, that's when uh, um, 
you were talking about doing that and it was it was like you were blindfolded riding space mountain it was, it was perfect and i don't know it, when you don't have no idea which way you're going in space mountain it's it's a freaking terror show so perfect <laughs> stuff <laughs> and um to uh make an extension to the christmas party there really wasn't many uh plusings of the christmas party uh uh, Jingle Cruise came back, always a hit in that way. But they did offer at Tony's Town Square a uh, premium res- uh, dessert slash appetizer party for $99, which I did on the last night of the party, and I needed to get away from the crowd. And honestly... Um, the food was all right. There were a couple of hits that I was really impressed with on this one, but what really kind of made this worth the while to me, which was a nice little surprise, was they had a uh, walk along, a walk. Sorry, five, four, three, two, one. They had a walk around face character of Tony come out every half hour, and he was interacting with all the guests. And if any of you follow me on Facebook, you'll see the awesome video of him and I singing Dominic the Donkey while he was playing his accordion. It just made my <laughs> decade. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. And I played that for many, many people. I played that for my wife, other friends. Oh, they... That was so appreciated. And I mean, again, and I'm sure actually it was probably appreciated by him that he didn't have to sing Bella Note for like the 14 million times. So you know, he actually <laughs> didn't really. He sang Thanks a couple. Of, he sang a couple bars of it, but he was outside and he did Dominic the Donkey for somebody else. And when he came back, I said, "You know, Tony, your Dominic the Donkey out there made my night." And he, and he gave me only two verses, but outside he gave the full song to the other people and everything. But I was just happy enough to like. He agreed to do it again, and I got the video. Like it was the best thing ever. <laughs> That's cool. That and the guy actually did a really good job. Yes, he too. did. He was uh, on point. I'm at. Well, you're not the. Uh, I guess we had some other friends that did it. Um, I was skeptical about it. I think we had, we had a pre- preview of it on mm. another show, but. Um, talking about how we were skeptical, but I'm glad that you had a good time with it. Uh, they said the same thing you did. It was really awesome to escape the crowds uh, since it was ongoing. Um, and you got that boots. component, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, maybe maybe there you go. It's like a little uh, party inside a party. <laughs> All right, and now to finish out our year in review. We're going to kick it over to uh, Tim for his review of Food and Wine. Okay, well, uh, thanks for putting me on the spot there. Anytime, bro. (laughs) It was, to me, Food and Wine has always been an enjoyable experience. The first time I ever ran across Food and Wine was on our honeymoon uh, in 2004 and we ran across it by accident it was for some reason it wasn't hugely advertised at the time I mean it was still talked about still had a decent attendance but nowhere near the absolute smoke show it is today and 
<clears throat> it has it's it's been neat to see it evolve. This year's model was, I think, fun. There were a lot of returning favorites. There were a lot of new spots. Um, I really did dig the uh, the active eat section where they you know they're starting to realize people are trying to cook with more healthy options and offering more healthy options. They kind of tapped into that with a lot of people. <clears throat> also, a lot of farm-to-table stuff, which is really nice. Uh, I work actually at a farm brewery, so it was really neat to see that they were trying to bring this to the general public, showing how painstaking this process is, how to you know to carry this to people, to ensure that people are you know receiving a, a top-tier product. That was neat. Um, <clears throat> they have really stepped up their craft beer game in some areas, uh, in some others, uh, all of you who tried the, uh, the stoplight flight will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, they had a key lime cider that was one step above NyQuil. Uh, it was completely god awful, but there were also plenty of other options out there that were really fantastic and one thing that I I guess I paid a little more attention to this year is when I went to the festival center no I didn't go for my cutting board and get into that fracas and lose an arm and you know get PTSD from God knows all the arguments and fights <laughs> that were going on over the the tiny trinkets they offer people who pay this ungodly amount every year <clears throat> and I'm not making fun of anyone for that you know what hey if, if you pay you pay for that, you know, annual pass, get anything and everything they give you. I don't blame you one bit. Uh, but in the festival center there, they actually had a few, like, side treats offered. And in there... Don't get me the started on the chocolate, though. Uh, <laughs> what, what really stood out to me is they had something called a Bloody Mary Seafood Cocktail. And it was done with... Uh, Fresh shrimp, scallops, vegetables, a little bit of a Bloody Mary mix, a little bit of a uh, kind of tomato vinaigrette. And it was just this beautiful, bright, clean, crisp, flavorful salad that was very, very enjoyable. And while everyone was <clears throat> running around buying swag, beating everybody over the head for, over, you know, for cutting boards and losing limbs... It was nice just to be able to find a quiet corner in the festival center uh, and kicked back with one of uh, the wines from Fest Parker's Winery and enjoy that. Uh, it's it's one of those moments that kind of stands out to me. And also, uh, I believe there was a uh, a pumpkin ravi uh, it, was, it was a pumpkin squash ravioli with uh, toasted. I'm sorry, it was a yeah, it was a squash ravioli with toasted pumpkin seeds with brown butter. That was in one of the uh, one of the side pavilions. wasn't a country, but one of their just uh, side pavilions that was just really stood out. So I mean, the the food game uh, with as many people that go through there on a daily basis, the quality of the food they're putting out is not bad. It's, I mean, they're doing the best they can with crowds that are at some well at at some at points very unmanageable, and as you all know. People, if they feel that they are being the very, very slight, you know, just inconvenienced at the very slightest, 
they will raise holy hell in that park. So, I mean, it's... I feel like it's maybe losing a little bit of its luster, a little bit of its magic, just because of, I think, the crowds. The crowds, the attitudes of the crowds. Um, the uh, I, I honestly think they're stepping up. The, the food game is better than ever. The theming is better than ever. And they keep offering more and more drinks in the way of craft beers, different wines, bringing back old favorites, introducing new, uh, introducing new beverages. It's uh, it's it's very nice to see that even though it seems like the guests are trying to do their best to ruin it, Disney is still actually keeping this up well. I love the food and wine. I just think it's one of these things that draws people in. As you say, the crowds there just sometimes, especially on the weekend, just gets unmanageable and you can't actually move. But they bring back food that people like. You know, they maybe take it away for a couple of years and then they bring it back and it's better than ever. But it's finding new places, new countries that they can actually put in the booths to actually give you a more, a, a better experience. You know, a lot of the ones, the staples, you know, you get the Irish pavilion, you get the Scottish pavilion. It's the same sort of stuff that they do there every year. So they really have to sort of look at other countries and sort of bring stuff that people haven't tried before. I agree. I, I think that they have enough there to keep the, you know, to keep the fight against changelings uh, happy. And also, you know, folks like me who like looking for the new stuff where it's running across, oh, okay, Canadian cheese soup. Okay, great. I've had that 14 million times. I don't care. I'm moving on. What what's new? What's good? What's what's over here? And they're keeping me satisfied with that. So I, it's if if you walk out without finding a decent option, it is uh, quite frankly it is your own fault because you should be able to sit down, take a look at a map, take take a look at a guy, do a little bit of homework, and find out what you really want to try. I mean, we we did that, and it enhances our experience every time. You know, you it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Ten minutes of reading, what it'll do for you in a day in a park. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like that. I mean, you've got the the normal restaurants and quick service restaurants for each of the, the different lands anyway. It just enhances them with the other ones that have not got a land there. So if you can't find anything to eat in World Showcase, as you say, it is your own fault. I agree. Is this the first year they've uh, had substantial um, Future World offerings um, booths? I wasn't sure if that was a new thing. This I haven't been I haven't done food. No, they did it often. last year too, and it's been, it's it's been a thing for a while. <laughs> okay, because I was really spitting with the flavors from Fire Booth. I mean, uh, <laughs> there was nothing on that menu that I just did not like. It was so cool. <laughs> And I mean, it has no connection with any country, and it was just—I thought it was just really imaginative um, uh, presentation. Um, I, I don't know if any uh, Tim, did you ever to sample the piggy wings? Um, was it them in two thousand yeah. seventeen as well? I had the piggy wings when I was there, and I—they oh, okay. were really, really nice. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So Fantastic. it must be recurring. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was hard for me to. <laughs> Although I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't partake in any of the drinks, but I just realized there was something called swine. What is it? Swine brine. <laughs> yes, the swine. I did not try the swine brine. I had the swine brine, <laughs> not this year, but the year beforehand, just because it had a, a piggy wing on it. It wasn't bad. <laughs> It wasn't bad. <laughs> but not enough wow. that I wanted it again this year. It was like, okay, I'd been there, done that, got the piggy wing. But. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting. And, well, the Taste Track had some stuff. I think that's new, right? Um, they had a whole bunch it, of uh, cronuts. Right. And um, yeah. they uh, they offered, like, a whole bunch of toppings for them. It, yeah, and you might as well just call that Cronut Center because uh, for the holiday offerings, that's they had the Cronuts again. <laughs> the holiday Cronuts. So maybe that's just going to be Cronut Center. And honestly, Central. I'm also, normally not a uh, fan of the really sweet, but those Cronuts are sweet and savory mixed together. You have the cinnamon sugar on top, but if you kind of just pull it apart layer by layer, you got that salty, buttery center, and you mix them together. Those things yeah. are uh, just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I love food and wine. I try to uh, pace myself every year and finish my uh, passport. I did it again this year. Well worth it. With that, ladies and gentlemen. Well, actually, with that, gentlemen. Let's go around and uh, tell everybody where we can be found on the various interwebs. Stephen, where are you? Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at SJM Disney and on Facebook under Stephen Maxwell. Excellent. I can be found on Instagram at Figments Reality. Twitter too, but I really don't use it that much. Tim, where are you? On the, <clears throat> on the Twitter machine at plain underscore Tim and on Facebook at Tim Schweska. Jeff, where are you? Uh, you can find me braindud92 on Twitter. Uh, just braindu on Instagram. Uh, apparently, I only posted three uh, uh, pictures last year, so I guess my New Year's resolution is to maybe do four or five <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, Tim, where can we find the Mickey dudes? I'm sorry. Where can we find the Mickey oh. dudes, Tim? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. My, my. Where can you find them? You can find them at the Mickey Dudes podcast <laughs> on Instagram, and you can find them at the Mickey Dudes on Twitter. And we also have you... a fan page on Facebook. Facebook. All right, ladies and gentlemen. 2018 was great. May 2019 be better. Have a magical year. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.